There she is from the lovely island of Victoria, British Columbia in Canada. That's Mary Chan. Hello, Mary Chan. Welcome to the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. Thank you, DP. Hello, hello. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And I'll be honest with you, one of the things I've wanted to talk about for a, a long, long time is obviously I'm into the power of podcasting. I'm into the power of demonstrating who I am, what I do, and how I do it in front of people, at least in podcast form via audio. And now live streaming, I can do it with a camera on. But there are a ton of people out there who don't understand the power of audio, specifically having your voice in someone's ears. And I wanted to ask you about that specifically because as I look at your website and kind of what you're doing in the social media channels and stuff like that, you're focusing primarily on trying to get women to recognize the power of podcasting and the power of extending their own voice. And I wanted to hear more about that. So why don't you, first of all, give us about 30 seconds on what you do, your business, what it's called, and your podcast as well. All right. I am the founder of Organized Sound Productions, a podcast production and consulting company. My podcast is called The Podcaster's Guide to a Visible Voice, a podcast on podcasting. And if you want to check it out on your podcast listening app of choice, just look up Visible Voice and you'll find it there. You know what? I like that name, Visible Voice, because so many people don't really understand the power of making your voice visible in the form of a podcast. And I see you embracing that so much so that your business literally is about, from what I can tell, taking an absolute newbie from, I'd like to do a podcast to, hey, we got episodes up and we've got guests on and you are rocking and rolling. Talk me through, well, let me just play the role of one of your okay. potential clients and say, hey, Mary. I have a small business. It's me and five other people, and we help nonprofits extend their reach in the marketplace in search of donors. It might be cool to do a not-for-profit podcast. I just want to ask you the question, does it make sense to do a podcast focused on uh, getting more donations for nonprofit organizations? And if so, can you help me through the process of how I would even get started? Yes, for sure. And you know what? One of the best ways for a nonprofit organization to um, reach a bigger audience and to really tap into those heartstrings, because it really is about stories and storytelling that get people to open up their wallets for a nonprofit organization like yours. And podcasting would be a great extension of your existing marketing efforts and your brand. Because with the power of podcasting, it traditionally would be audio only, people have got their headphones on, and your voice, whoever the host is for your particular podcast, that host is in the person's ear, telling you very vulnerable, intimate stories. And you as the listener would usually be one-on-one -on -one listening to that person as well, doing your own thing in your own life. In some people like to do the dishes, walk their dogs, go for a run at the gym, it's very personal time that you get to bring in these podcasts and listen to them and have that intimate connection. And in intimate way, I also mean by some people listen to the podcast when they're in the bathroom. Like who else 
are you going to invite into your bathroom at any given moment? But people like to invite their podcast in and they will listen and really connect with whoever is speaking. And so I think it's a great way for nonprofits to try and get a bigger reach and to tell those stories that are so, so important that don't really get heard in a way where it's written out for a, a post, an article, or, you know, even those quick one hit interviews on TV or a quick little Facebook live. You can't really expand on that story and the emotional connection when you have the distractions of video. When it just becomes audio on podcasting, people really tune in. They really connect emotionally with what the podcast, the host has to say. Yeah, I got to underline a couple of things you said. It is a fantastic venue for storytelling. Yes, absolutely agree. For example, if you have a nonprofit that serves people, getting one of those clients or beneficiaries of your charity, your nonprofit, whatever it is, telling their story on your air, if you will, yeah. there's no better way to prove what you do as a nonprofit organization. So you've got me sold on the idea of taking my fictional nonprofit onto the airwaves of a podcast. And you've even given me some hints as to how that might work, but continuing, I'm pretending to still be this person okay. who has this nonprofit. I say, wow, that sounds fantastic. I'm a little concerned because I don't, how long it should it be? I mean, do we have to have people in a, the same place? Can we do it via Zoom? Do I have to have a professional microphone and setup and stuff like that? Does my guest need that? I've got so many questions, Mary. <laughs> Help me, help me, please. <laughs> Everything from the sh yes. the show outline to the name of it to, yep. to the how do music? I get that? How do I get that? Yeah, music, rights-free music or legal mm -hmm. music. How do I get one of those cool cover art squares that I can post on Instagram? And how can I get it to do that cool thing where people talk and the, the thing goes up and down? Da -da 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 -da. Do, do you know how to do that? Is that expensive? Can you teach me how to do that? Obviously, I'm pretending I know the answer to these, to these questions because I had to find them out the hard way. Is this like part of your service? Do you act as yep. not only a, a coach, but a hand holder as a don't worry, we can do this counselor yes, and all that? A counselor, that's a great way to put it because sometimes it really is. <laughs> so like the business is multiple facets. There is people such as solo entrepreneurs who want to launch a podcast and I can teach them through a do-it-yourself method in a course way. And then there's also the management side of the podcast business, which is the editing, the making those square things with the movie waveformy things you were talking about. Those are called audiograms, creating assets for your show, finding the best clips and editing in a way that fits your show so when you talk about editing, a lot of people think of just removing the ums, the ahs, putting in the intro, the outro, and making it sound nice, whatever that means. <laughs> but really, for me, coming from a radio background, I edit each show and I teach my, the rest of my team this way too, is that when you're editing a show, it's going to be based very much on each single episode because each episode will have a different emotional connection. So in your, say, nonprofit space, 
if you are sharing these stories and the guests that you bring on are going to be extremely vulnerable, they're coming from a place where it could be, you know, health concerns within their family members. And that's deep. That is personal. And they're sharing these stories, you know, leaving an um in there is totally fine. Letting something breathe and relax is going to be okay because you need that humanized approach to editing to create that emotional aspect of the story. But if we're doing a professional episode, like maybe for your nonfiction brand, I'm going to clean up those ums and ahs. I am going to take out some of those pauses, like when I'm trying to figure out, hmm, how am I going to answer this? That's a great question. You know, I'm going to take that stuff out to make it sound more professional and representative of your brand. And so there's those two facets of the business. And then for a nonprofit, you know, they usually have a, a team where they're so focused on individual things that they don't have time to learn how to deal with a podcast and putting it all together. So that's where my team and I will come together and work with the organization to figure out, okay, what is your brand voice? What are your brand assets that we can use right now? Because that podcast, as I said before, is an extension of your existing brand. So from there, we got to start with strategy. Who is your audience? Who are you talking to on this podcast specifically? Because that might be slightly different from your overall audience, ideal client brand avatar. So we need to look at the back end of all of that stuff. And then we can create the things you were talking about, like the artwork, your intro, outro, picking music, because that really solidifies the feel and the brand and the messaging of what your podcast is going to sound like right from your theme song, pretty much. So there's so many pieces on there that you don't have to worry about where we'll come in, we'll ask the questions and collaborate with you to figure out what works the best for your ideal listener, because each show is going to be unique. I equate a podcast to like going to the grocery store. You're going to go and buy yogurt. Well, how many shells and tubs of yogurt are there? There's so many. You got the different flavors. You got sugar-free. You got dairy. You got non-dairy. It's the same with a podcast. You have so many podcasts out there, but how do you make it unique to you and your brand? So we got to figure that out and then make that happen. It sounds like you've got uh, a number of perhaps tiers of service or, you know, like packages that you got your DIY, you're for someone like mm-hmm. me, I don't need much guidance, but I might need a little bit of technical help or something like that. Yep. I would love to DIY it myself. Other people might definitely be more along the lines of, I'd like the medium, which I, I still want to do it myself, but I could use some help maybe finding music and helping me out with the show flow or show flow outline or even things like yep. even someone to run past with a name. Like, hey, we were brainstorming, and uh, do you do stuff like that? Because one of the things I do is go, hey, that's a great name. Then I hit Google and see if there's another podcast with that name or something similar. Most people don't do that. By the way, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the first steps I always tell people to do. I'm like, Google it first. Make sure it is not taken. Copyright. Hello. (laughs) And by the way, just like spouses, all the best ones are taken. I'm just saying. It's well, not that, but that's not strictly true. For instance, you know, my podcast is called Nonfiction Brand, and I did the Google search on that. I did the uh, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office version of that, 
you know, you're up in Canada and I'm sure you've got copyright organizations that you can query their databases to see if anyone's got that name out there. But it's not impossible to create a compound name that can be uniquely yours. For example, organizedsound.ca. Organized sound, those are two words that don't go together. And yet when they do, it's kind of like peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> it makes <Yeah>. sense <laughs> and it makes it unique. And again, your podcast name is Visible Voice. The Podcaster's Guide to a Visible Voice, very long form, but Visible Voice is the key. Yeah, and that's great because, again, hey, I'm sure you don't necessarily say five times during your podcast, welcome to a Podcaster's Guide to Visible Voice. You shorthand yeah. it. You know, yeah. if you say anything, it's like, here on Visible Voice, we talk about things like the la 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 It's yeah. okay but to exactly, shorthand stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's exactly it. When I was looking for the name, brainstorming, figuring out what I wanted... And the, I love alliteration again, voice audio. And so I went with visible voice. I'm like, that's it. That's the key. Those are my key words. And then you do the quick Google search, even simple as, something as simple as that. And I found there's already a podcast out there called visible voices, which was so similar. And then it's like, okay, who's my target audience? My ideal listener would be podcasters. Well, how about the podcasters guide to a visible voice? It's unique. Nobody else had it. But then, like you said, I only need the shorthand. And even on the logo, like I highlight the fact that it is visible voice. And then the podcaster's guide is kind of like small. It's kind of there. But because the name visible voices existed, I had to tweak that. You know, it's kind of interesting because in, in marketing and advertising, everyone's familiar with the idea of a tagline, the tagline that goes with the logo or the name of the company or the brand. So you know, for Coca-Cola, it's had over, since 1886, something like 225 different taglines. They're all associated with the brand name, but they are not the brand itself. However, the tagline helps differentiate or explain what's going on. So in your case, a podcaster's guide to, oh, I already know I'm in this audience. I'm a podcaster. I might want to check this out. So you're automatically differentiating yourself or creating a niche for yourself and your audience that says, we're going to be talking about stuff like this. Every episode, we might not be talking about microphones, but some we will. Other episodes, mm -hmm. we might talk about a recent thing in the news about podcasting, like when Joe Rogan got $100 million US from Spotify. We might talk about that. Why? Because we're podcasters. So anyway, I, I see really a lot of value in what you're doing. And I want to spend next week's episode talking a lot about specifically how you help women navigate this wilderness, because I think it's probably a little bit distinctly different than a IT tech dad like me. I'm not afraid that this microphone I've had since I played these guitars in bands and stuff. So I'm not afraid of audio equipment mm -hmm. and being a voiceover artist and stuff like that. I've been around it for 30 years, all the way back to the days of tape where you cut it with a oh, razor blade. That. I still have my razor blade because prosperity. <laughs> well, exactly. And, and you also know the pain of doing yes. 54 takes and having to cut and splice in, which now, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm a Mac-based person, so GarageBand is my jam for if, even doing a podcast. But... Because I want to take it to an extra level of finish, there's some things that GarageBand doesn't do. So I open it up in a free 
audio editing system called Audacity, which I'm sure you're familiar with, mm -hmm. to do three things. But those three things GarageBand doesn't do. And if you were a garden variety podcaster, you wouldn't know about it. You know, the idea, yeah. uh, Luffs. Luffs is, wasn't that a lyric in 99 Luftballons or something? <laughs> no, it has to do with loudness units and, and transforming or optimizing them, normalizing them for broadcast over the various uh, podcast channels that serve it up and stuff like that. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of technical stuff that you can get into if you want to. But I'm here to tell you, and I'm sure Mary agrees with me, it's so much easier now than it's ever been in history to get your voice out over the airwaves, essentially, or the call it the digital airways. Yep. And if you're not doing it, you're leaving opportunity on the table. Yeah, because before, you know, I come from the radio background. And so if you wanted a radio show, how many thousands of dollars did you have to pay for that syndicated show, for that airtime? Or, you know, when I worked at radio, I created all the commercials. So there was a sales guy, they'd sell it. So there would be a writer, the script. I get the script. I get to choose the voice. Or the small business owner would come into the radio station. You know, you got to book time for that. Like, it's a big thing. And do, do you have time? You got to actually come to the radio station to get that recorded. And, you know, that's where I actually got to hone my skills with voice coaching and working with other small business owners was at the radio station to make sure that they were relaxed behind the microphone and that, you know, because it was a soundproof booth, it's a weird space. It's, you're in a padded room, essentially, and it's dark. And so people are not comfortable behind the mic. But nowadays, you can be in your own office, in your own space. You don't have to go anywhere. If you want to record an episode, you just plug your mic in, you hit record, and there you go. It is so much simpler. And you can get into the weeds of the lifts and the normalizing and EQ and compression and all that technical stuff. But you don't have to. But if you do want to elevate that aspect of the show, I'm here to help. That's what part of my business is as well. And I'm guessing a big part of your business is don't even worry about that. Start oh, yeah. doing it because mm -hmm. you'll be glad you have no audience for the first 10 episodes because you're still working out the bugs. You're getting comfortable with your system. You're getting comfortable with yourself. You're developing the skills you need to be an effective podcaster, not the least of which is actually listening and counting the number of times you say, um, if you want to be a great public speaker, do a podcast and edit it yourself because you will hear every misspoken word, every time you're mumbling, bad diction, every um, every whatever. Like, okay, I got to be honest with you. My crap words that I have to cut out of every episode are, well, I'll always start out, well, that's an interesting comment. Get You can have a well here and there, but... I like to say wells and nows and so's are like cilantro. A little bit of cilantro and some salsa is great, but a cilantro salsa? No, thank you. So podcasting can work in your favor in a lot of different professional development ways, mm -hmm. not the least of which is public speaking. If you're looking to unlock some skills for your personal brand that are translatable into every meeting you're in, every presentation you give, Every person you meet at a networking event and, you know, as a host, you're meeting people like I'm meeting Mary Chan right now. 
We've never talked. We've emailed. But already, I've, over time, developed skills as a host that serve me well in real life, in real time. I am so thrilled to talk to you about this because, again, an old white American guy can tell you how easy it is to podcast. It's an entirely different thing when someone who is on an island off the coast of British Columbia, and it's not an insignificant island, by the way. I've been to Victoria. What a gorgeous <laughs> city. But it is, it's not exactly kissing cousins to Manhattan or New York or Chicago or L.A. or even Toronto, Montreal, Quebec City, or any other meaningful place in Canada. And that doesn't stop you, though. You're talking to a guy in Wisconsin, USA, via a podcast, because you're out there sharing your voice, your experience, and your expertise via there a podcast. No yeah. There are no borders on a podcast. I love to meet people globally and you just get to create this community and to use your voice and to practice your voice because there's no better way to get your message across. Whatever that message is, people really gravitate more towards your natural voice than anything else that you do. You know, it it's not the social media videos. It's not the blog posts or newsletters that you are going to create, but it is the use of your voice because, you know, you can write something the same way multiple times, but you'll never get that emotion across until you speak it. And so when you get to practice on a podcast and meet people saying, you know, you might have the same message each and every time, but you can say it a different way each and every time and you get to practice ways whenever you have an episode recorded amen sister and you know obviously we go to the same church the church of podcasting and we both really really promote it wherever we can to people and next week we're going to go in deeper specifically on talking about how you help women do this because it can be a little bit daunting for everybody but especially if you aren't comfortable in front of a mic, if you aren't comfortable with technology, if you aren't comfortable with what your message is or what we like to say in marketing, your message platform is, or even have you done the, the work on your personal brand to know what you should be talking about? All these things require a lot of help if you can't do it yourself or if that's not your jam. Mary's going to be talking about that next week. But before we leave this episode this week, I do want listeners to have the opportunity to connect with you, Mary. Is there any way, well, first of all, I think you've got an offer for people listening to the podcast. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we're talking a lot right now about branding and figuring out who your ideal listener is. And if you don't really know who that is, or you're thinking about starting a podcast, but is it the same as my, say, client avatar? Well, let's get that going with an ideal listener worksheet. So that way you can really hone in who are you going to be talking to on your podcast? Who is it that will be your ideal listener to really figure out your audience, you know, because everything that you do will be based on that one person, your artwork, your music, how you speak, the format of your show, the length of your show, what's going to go into the show will be all because of your ideal listener. Okay, right now, if you're watching the live stream, you can see on screen that it says get Mary's five keys worksheet at organizedsound.ca slash five keys. 
definitely check that out and get that. But I'm guessing there's a different URL associated with your ideal listener worksheet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same organizedsound.ca forward slash ideal listener. The five keys will be great for next week when we talk about getting behind the mic and finding your voice and working with women. All right. So I'm going to repeat that one more time for listeners. If you want to get Mary's ideal listener worksheet, it's not that hard. All you have to do is go to organizedsound.ca forward slash ideal listener, all one word, lowercase. Yeah, got it. And you'll be able to download that. So definitely do that and check that out. And if you are interested in finding out whether eh, maybe your podcast idea should take off, I see that you've also got a complimentary 30-minute strategy session available at organizedsound.ca. So if you want to check that out, take her up on that 30-minute strategy because having the right strategy will save you hours, if not days, if not months of pain. So please go to organizedsound.ca slash, well, it's the homepage right there. Complimentary 30-minute strategy <laughs> session. Click yes. that Let's Chat button and get chatting Let's with chat. That's right. the lovely and talented Mary Chan. Once again, I want to thank you for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I would love for listeners. Can you do me a solid, listeners? Can you please like, subscribe, refer, and review this podcast? Because guess what? Those star reviews that you do, that really helps other people find it. And also, if you're interested, you can get worksheets from me as well. Go to nonfictionbrand.com slash gift to download three personal branding technique questions, worksheets, whatever. You don't even have to sign up for my email list, which I never send anything to. But please avail yourself of those because those can get you started on your nonfiction brand personal branding building journey. So definitely check that out. And once again, I want to say a big thanks to Mary Chan for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I am, of course, your host, D.P. Knutin, but she is... Mary Chan. And we'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>